Well, Merry Christmas again. Let me add my word of welcome to all of you who are here with us tonight, whether Trinity is your normal church home or whether you live out of town and you're in town to visit relatives or whether it's Christmas and your wife dragged you to church with you tonight. We are glad that all of you are here. Would you bow your heads and would you pray together with me? Lord God, I pray that the words I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think is together, we consider and meditate on your word. Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your sight, O God, who did become a baby, was born in Bethlehem, so that you could come into this world and reunite us with a God that loves us dearly. Amen. So here at Trinity, over these last few weeks as we've been coming up into Christmas, this season that we call Advent, we've been studying this kind of big theological word called theophany. And, uh, and literally what a theophany is, it's when God appears to human beings. And we've been looking throughout the Old Testament, actually, uh, looking at a number of different times when God appeared to human beings and when theologians tell us that, that when that was happening, that was really Jesus that was there and involved with God's people. Now, we don't think about that very often, do we? I mean, we know Jesus is born as a little baby on Bethlehem that first Christmas, and, and we're told in the New Testament that Jesus is indeed God. He's existed with his Father before all time, in fact, was part of creation, but we don't really think much about what was Jesus doing from that moment of creation all the way to when he was born at Bethlehem. And we've been looking at some of those appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament like the, the commander that shows up to tell the children of Israel how they are going to march around the city of Jericho and the walls will come tumbling down. Or, uh, or as Jesus says, the word, the voice of God that was part of creation. You know, Genesis tells us that God spoke and the universe came into being and then in John we read that it was that word of God who was with God and was God and in fact nothing was created that, that was created except through him. We even looked at that weird story in the book of Exodus, where as the children of Israel are wandering out of slavery in Egypt and heading for the promised land, there's this rock that rolls along and provides water for them the whole way, and how Paul in the New Testament tells us that that rock was actually Jesus. Weird, right? But I would argue with you that of all those things we looked at, if you think about it, what is the weirdest of all is what we celebrate tonight. That God becomes a human baby. I want to think about that a little bit together with you tonight. And, and let's think about what we know about babies. For example, first of all, doctors tell us that when babies are born, they really don't see very well. They, they can't really see colors. Their, their color vision is just starting to develop. Their eyes won't focus on anything more than about a foot and a half in front of their face. Their eyes won't even track together. That's why sometimes you look at a baby and it kind of looks cross-eyed, right? Babies really don't see very well at all. And yet think about it. What we're saying is that the God of the universe who is seen into the depths of eternity is now in a manger and he can't even recognize his own mother unless she's a foot in front of her face. It's crazy. But think about what those eyes are going to see as Jesus grows and is no longer a baby. They're going to see crowds flocking to come and hear him teach. They're going to see simple, ordinary fishermen drop everything to follow him in his ministry. 
They're going to see soldiers come and arrest him in a garden. They're going to see from a cross people gathered around the cross to watch him die. And then they're going to see dimly on that first Easter morning in the tomb as he rises from the dead. Someday you and I will see his eyes when our eyes awake in heaven. How about a baby's ears? Now, doctors tell us that babies actually hear very well when they're born. Their, their sense of hearing has been developing for a number of months. And, and they tell us that when a baby's born, he can recognize the voice of his mother and his father. Imagine Jesus lying in that manger. He's heard the praise of angels in heaven. And now he can recognize his mother's voice, although it sounds strange to him echoing around the stable where he was born. Think about what he's going to hear with those ears. He's he's going to hear the crowds chanting his name, singing Hosanna as he rides into Jerusalem someday. And then he's going to hear those same crowds a few days later shout, crucify him. He's going to hear the voice of his father calling him out of the tomb on Easter morning. He's going to once again hear the praise of angels. Even now, those ears hear the whispered prayers of everybody who calls out to him in desperate need. What about his mouth? Cute little baby mouth there in the manger, huh? Now now think about it again. What we believe, what the New Testament teaches, is that Jesus is the Word made flesh, who literally was the voice of God that spoke creation into being. But now, as that baby in the manger, he can't speak at all. The neurological connections are there, and, and all the muscles are there, but he doesn't even know how to use them. His tongue can't form words. It's going to take him months of babbling and trying different things before he can even say mama, even though he's God. It's crazy. But think about what that mouth will say as he grows. That that mouth will proclaim the kingdom of God among his people. That, That mouth will challenge the religious leaders of the day who were oppressing the people. That mouth will will preach and teach amazing things that will just fascinate people and astound them with his wisdom. That mouth will speak its final words. It is finished on the cross. And then after he rises from the dead, that mouth will tell his disciples, peace be with you. And one day you and I will hear that same mouth that was in the manger on that first Christmas, look at you and me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. How about baby feet? Is there anything cuter than baby feet? I mean, come on, right? (laughs) Now again, think about it. As Jesus is born on that first Christmas night, as his mother Mary places him in the manger, I bet those little baby feet just kind of kicked out and toes going in all directions as he kind of stretched out his legs for the first time. There's not a mark or blemish on those feet right now, but it's only a matter of time, isn't it? In Jesus' day, everybody walked everywhere they went, which meant their feet got dirty and calloused pretty darn quick. 
It's no different for him. As he grows, he's going to work in his father's carpentry shop. He's going to develop calluses on those feet. He's going to then trade in the carpentry tools for a staff, and he's going to walk back and forth across the Holy Land, leading his disciples in ministry. Eventually, Roman soldiers will put nails through those feet as they nail them to a cross. And then his disciples and friends will carefully remove those nails and use those feet to carry him into an empty tomb. But you and I know that's not the rest of the story, is it? Because with those same feet, he will walk out of that tomb on Easter morning. What about his hands? Again, baby hands are so cute, aren't they? But they're not very coordinated. You know, they kind of grasp out at anything and, and they can't really hold on to anything very long. For Jesus, that would have been no different. Now, now think about that. In the Old Testament, it says that the hands of God, it says you open your hands and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The prophet Isaiah said that on God's hands are written the names of every one of God's people, and yet now, as a baby lying in the manger, there's nothing in those hands and there's nothing on those hands. But just like his feet, those hands are going to become calloused very, very soon. Working beside his father in that carpentry shop and eventually, again, using those hands in ministry to touch a leper and heal him. To take some mud and put it in the eyes of a blind man so he could have sight. These are the same hands that would reach out and wipe away the tear from a widow's face as he then used his hands to touch the body of her dead son and raise him from the dead. The Roman soldiers would nail these hands to the cross too. But then a few days later, Thomas would see those nail marks in Jesus' hands, would touch them for himself, and he would believe. When you think about it, it's an odd thing that we believe that the God of the universe became a little baby, an ordinary baby, a helpless baby. Think about it. If Mary and Joseph hadn't taken care of Jesus after he was born, he would have died, and yet he created them. Blows your mind, doesn't it? But that's what we believe. We believe that on that first Christmas night, the miracle of Jesus' birth is that on that night, God became human. Now, I understand how hard it is for people to believe these days that Jesus was God, much less, I mean, even that there is a God at all. I mean, we've been taught since we were little that, that, that seeing is believing, and unless I could see something with my eyes, unless I could touch it with my hands, unless, unless I can hear it and experience it myself, then I'm not going to believe. Seeing is believing. That's what we've been taught. And we can't see God. We don't hear God's voice. We can't touch God right here and right now. You know, one of the cool things about Christmas is you see uh, good theology in strange places. So I'm going to quote one of the best theological quotes from a movie I've ever seen. It's from the movie Santa Claus. When Judy the elf tells Scott Calvin that we always say seeing is believing, 
But sometimes believing is seeing. You see, as we gather this Christmas, we believe some crazy stuff. We believe God became a little baby. We believe that baby grew up and lived a life, a perfect life, and then died a perfect death for us on a cross. We believe that that baby rose again to conquer sin and death so that we could be set free from everything that could cause us to fear, that could cause us pain and suffering and sorrow. We believe that that baby is God who brings us joy and hope and peace. And it doesn't always make sense up here, but maybe at Christmas more than ever, we know it here. My prayer for you is that this Christmas, you would celebrate the strange but amazing miracle of God become flesh. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Amen.